Okay, this is Steve Siebold, and welcome back to the Author Speaker Podcast.org, O-R-G.org. Make sure you, you subscribe, go to the website, AuthorSpeakerPodcast.org, and subscribe. And we'll just your name and email, and we'll send you an email every week so you never miss an episode of the podcast. My God, what would happen if you miss an episode? That would not be good. Okay, so today I want to talk about uh, something that just encourage you to do this. We we put this assessment up, and especially for you now. Now, if you're if you're making you know a million dollars a year, or two million dollars a year as a speaker, or something like that, uh, you don't need to do this. But if you're, unless you really want to go to a way higher level, then that's fine. But if you're cranking as a speaker, you probably don't need to do this. But if you're a new aspiring speaker, um, then I really strongly encourage you to, to take this keynote speaker assessment. This is based on 25 years experience. We put this together on a website to try to help people identify uh, and sort of drill down on really what, if they, if they really have what it takes to be a keynote speaker. Because, you know, and, and, and if you've been in the business for a while, you know this. If you haven't been, you'll learn this. And that's, this is not the most popular thing to say, okay? National Speakers Association, they do not encourage people to say this from the stage, but it's true. Not everyone has what it takes to be a keynote speaker. They just don't. Look, it's not a, it's, it's, it's not a, uh, an elitist statement. I don't have what it takes to be a professional quarterback of an NFL team either, Right? I mean, some people have it and some people don't. I'm just never going to have Tom Brady's uh, talent. And most people, no one else does either for that matter. But I'm not going to have any quarterback in the NFL's talent. I'm not going to make it. Not everyone can be a keynote speaker. There's a lot of things that go on up on stage. You know, again, if you're, if you're in the business, you've been in the business a long time, you know this, you're saying, well, of course. Keynote speaking is funny. Bill Gove used to say this, you know, father of professional speaking, my late business partner. He used to say, great speakers make something difficult look easy. And that's really what great keynoters do. They make it look so easy. I was watching a video the other day from the late Bob Proctor, and he was talking about Bill Gove. And when he first heard Bill Gove speak in 1968 at the Hyatt Regency, O'Hare, in Chicago. And I grew up right, right down the street from, from that hotel, probably, I don't know, five miles or so. And, uh, and he was talking about how blown away he was. He said, Bill Gove, this Bill Gove was like the Frank Sinatra of speakers, you know, the father of professional speaking. And I said to myself, I want to do what he does. And he made it look so easy. And of course, I had conversations with Bob for 25 years, you know, about Bill. And he said, and Bob used to always say, Bob was just enamored with him, just like I was. Anyone that got close to Bill Gove was enamored with him. There was a magic about the man that is hard to quantify. It's hard to... It's hard, to, it's, it's hard to say exactly what it was that was this magic about this person, but he was obviously operating at a different level of consciousness. And, um, and Bob used to always say, God, Bob, I would say that we'd be at lunch or dinner or something backstage, whatever, over the 25 years that I knew Bob. And Bob would say, God, he's, he was so good good, wasn't he? I mean, the guy just gets up there and he's just smooth as silk. He's just making something that we know is difficult. We know it's tough to be up there, man. I mean, you got to be thinking about 16 different things at one time when you're a keynoter. You know, you got 10,000 people in front of you. There's a, there's, there's a section of the people that didn't like you from the time they saw your name on the program. <laughs> 
<laughs> they saw your picture and said, that guy looks like my cousin Fred who owes me two grand. And I hate him. And I hate this guy now too, whatever his name is. They, you know there's a section of people that disagree with everything you say for whatever reason. They don't like the way you look. They don't like the way you talk. They don't like your topic. They're mad at themselves. You know, they're kicking the dog when they go home. You got that to deal with. And then you got some people that just don't want to be there anyway. And then you got people that want to be there. And you got the executives in the front row. And you got all the employees in the back rows. You're trying to write two different speeches, deliver two different speeches. One to the, the, the people that don't want to be there. And one to the people that run the whole $50 billion organization. There are a lot of things. <laughs> going on when you are doing a keynote speech in Las Vegas for 10,000 people or in any other, you know, convention hall for a big group or an important group of people. There's a lot going on in your mind. And that's exactly why not everyone can do it. Not everyone has what it takes. Now, could everyone teach? Sure. I, I, I think they could. I mean, maybe that, that might not be absolutely true. Obviously, millions and millions and millions more people can teach than can do a keynote speech. Okay. I mean, again, I remember saying this to Bill Gove, going back to Bill for a second. I remember saying to Bill, keynote speakers are the top of the top. And Bill said, yeah, but don't say that publicly because that does not sound good. Trainers do not like that and teachers don't like that. But that's the fact. I mean, you know, I teach mental toughness to companies. You know, the first thing I do in a turnaround with a big organization of a sales team, it's a low performing sales team, is say, guys, we got to get you into objective reality. Your numbers suck. I mean, that's, that's almost an opening line, my opening line for every turnaround I've ever done in 23 years because their numbers do suck. Is if you read my book, 177 Mental Tough and Secrets of the World Class, you know the first chapter in that book is getting into objective reality, looking at, the th way, looking at things the way they are, seeing yourself the way you are as opposed to the way you wish you were based on data, proof, and evidence, not based on opinion, not based on emotion. And so that's what it really is. <laughs> you know, and so Billy say, yeah, be careful with that. But that's the way it really is. Keynotes at the top of the top. All right. Are there trainers that are phenomenal speakers, platform giants? I mean, just phenomenal speakers. Yeah, there are some. I've seen, I've seen guys that were making 100 grand a year when I was making millions and on the same convention. And when I'd say, I, and I think to myself, that guy's so much better than me, it's almost a joke. Now, you know, he couldn't pay my taxes in the business, but I'm, you know, but I'm at an elevated level in terms of a keynote speaker because of the credibility. And somehow he hasn't found his way or she hasn't found her way to, you know, the keynote level. But typically, for the most part, the keynotes, the keynoters are the best, the best speakers. And it's the it's the it's the hardest thing to do because you're the expectation, the level of expectation when you're a keynoter is off the charts. You, you knock it out of the park and they're standing on their feet, depending on what you're hired to do, okay? Um, they're, they're cheering your name. And, and the president comes up and says, great job, thanks you know, a lot. You know, call me on Tuesday, we'll talk next steps. Ladies and gentlemen, our speaker, give him another hand. And they don't, they're not surprised when you knock it out of the park because you're supposed to knock it out of the park because you're the keynote speaker of the whole damn convention. And they vetted 200 other speakers worldwide and picked you. You know, you hire Chris Rock to play your birthday party and does a show at your birthday party and he knocks it out of the park. You don't say, man, I, I was expecting him to be kind of average, but Chris Rock was really great. No, you expect Chris Rock to be great. <laughs> You'd be shocked if he wasn't. That's, you know, in a, in, minus the celebrity piece, that's what we're dealing with. That's the expectation we have. Not everyone can do it. That's, that's the bottom line. So 
I'm going all the way there. And I know that's not popular to say. People say, well, what a, okay, okay, that's hard to argue with. And that is hard to argue with. That's the truth of it. A lot of speaker trainers don't say that, but that's the truth. All right. Um, doesn't mean you can't be in the business. Doesn't mean you can't be a trainer, a teacher, a workshop facilitator. Those are all very important roles. As a matter of fact, you can make a pretty good point that the workshop leader, the seminar leader, or the teacher for that matter, is actually doing more good for the audience because they have more time. Uh, they have, they're, they're interacting. We're, we're doing a 40-minute speech. Can we get on the plane and go to the next speech? You know, we're there and gone, and we're hit and run. Now, our impact is big because a lot of other reasons. We usually address, the, the, obviously, the large crowds. We're, we're, we're there for the general session. But that said, the, 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 and I'm not, I'm, not plague, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to water down what I'm saying, but, it, but, it, but there is a case to be made that the seminar leaders and the teachers make a bigger impact than we do. But that said, what we do is harder, in my opinion. And I don't think any speaker in the business for 25 years would disagree with that. Maybe not publicly they would say it because it sounds elitist publicly, especially if you're a keynoter. But... That's that's the fact of it. Okay, so why am I saying this? Because you might be, if you're in the business for, if you've been in the business a long time, you're not thinking anything of this because you know what I'm saying is right. But if you haven't been, okay, not because I'm so smart, just because it's kind of common sense. It's kind of common knowledge in the business. But if you're an aspiring speaker or you're looking at getting in this business, you're kicking the tires or you're a professional or you're a minister or you're a civic leader um, or you're looking at growing up a law practice and you're thinking, I wonder if I have, I mean, do I have what it takes? I wonder if I have what it takes. Okay. That's why I'm talking about that because you need to know, because you don't want to waste a bunch of time and money um, pursuing a career you can't have. You know, there's no point in me practicing throwing the football or shooting baskets. I'm not going to the NBA and I'm not going to the NFL. Not going to happen. Too old, too slow, not enough talent, et cetera, et cetera, right? There's just, it's a waste of time. So if you don't have what it takes to be a keynote speaker, why waste your time? Be a seminar leader, be a workshop leader, be a facilitator, be a teacher, something else. But if you can be a keynoter and you want to be a keynoter, do you have what it takes? Okay, that's why we get this question every single day and we have for 25 years because we run the Bill Gove Speech Workshop. And people say, well, you've seen all these great speakers. You've worked with the best speakers in the world. Um, you know, do I have what it takes? So we created, because we get this all the time, we created an assessment called the, speak, the Keynote Speaker Assessment. And it's not that many questions. It's actually 12 questions. And I was going to go over some of the questions. I'll tell you some of the questions. I guess I can tell you a few. Uh, basically, um, it kind of dictates, you know, kind of dissects uh, your background, you know. Um, and it's just, I, I'm not, you know, I'm going to go through this. I'll, I'll let you take the, 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 the assessment and just, I'm not, I, won't, I won't take the time to go through it. But all, it's all free. Okay, go to freespeakingcourse.com freespeakingcourse.com and you'll see the assessment and what we do is we walk people through a little a little kind of prep uh, called this free speaking course and we give them a little preparation for the keynote speaker assessment and then so it's about it's about total of about maybe uh, it takes about 17 18 minutes it's a video kind of preps you for the assessment then take the assessment and then if you want feedback, uh, you know, someone from our organization will call you and talk to you and, and give you the, feed, the feedback and the answers, uh, you know, to what you wrote down and kind of discuss it with you and see if you should pursue keynote speaking. And I'll tell you, a lot of people shouldn't. I, I know I, I'm the, I, I got to be the only guy out there because everyone wants to sell people things. But at the same time, you know, it's nice to have someone tell you the truth. You know, the truth, it seems like these days, uh, you know, with social media, I, I don't know, maybe I'm getting old and skeptical and cranky. I, I suppose I am. But at the same time, God, just give it to me straight. 
You know, I just, I just have been in too many business deals in too many countries with too many people that were bullshitters. And I, and I, and the, you know, BSers are, tend to be very good. They tend to be very good at persuasion and it's easy to buy into what they say, but I just really appreciate people that are straightforward that just tell it like it is. I'm a big boy. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. You can handle the truth. We're not kids. Okay. Um, give it to me straight. If I don't have the talent, just tell me. If I do, or I can work toward it, or I can build my skill, that's something different. Maybe I'm not ready right now to be a keynoter, but maybe I have the talent to do it. I work with a lot. We have a lot of people that come to the Bill Gove Speech Workshop who say, can I go out there right now and speak for 10 grand a speech? And I say, no, you can't. You'll get killed. Okay. Could I do it if I built my skills? Yes, you could. What else do I have to do? And then we go down the, the path with them and say, here's what you need to do. Okay. You need to do these things. And if you do these things, you have a shot, all right? But if they don't, you know, then, you know, you want someone to be straight with you and say, here's what I would recommend. I recommend you going down, you know, this path. I, I remember, you know, being in, in uh, high school, and I, and I didn't pay attention to high school. I played, I played tennis. I trained. I ran in the morning. I worked out in the morning. I got up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I was training for two hours before school. Then I trained for three hours after school. And I did that my entire you know, child all the way through high school. So I was not very interested in school. So I didn't do very well in school. I got B's and C's, and B's were my best grades, really, and uh, in high school. And I went to my counselor, and she said, you should not go to college. Well, everybody in my family went to college. I mean, I, we were supposed to go to college. One of my brothers didn't, actually. But he, but he just, it was his thing. And it was probably good that he didn't. He did very well. He ended up being a multi, self-made multimillionaire, but in a business, uh, as an entrepreneur. But... You know, it wasn't really his thing, but we were all told that it was assumed we would go to college. So I never thought about not going to college, but I, I had no, you know, I really had no business being in college because I didn't pay attention to high school. You know, I mean, the day I took the SAT, a bunch of buddies and I, we, we went to a party and got home at 430 in the morning. It's like, how stupid is that? I wasn't thinking I was young and dumb, but, you know, so I didn't do very well under the SAT or the ACT. Just not, you know, just dumb stuff you do when you're a kid or some people do when you're a kid. And that's what I did. And so my, my, my point is my, gu my guidance counselor in, in school said, you should not go to college. You're not college material. You didn't pay attention to high school. You know, you shouldn't go. You should go get a job somewhere, do something else. You are not college material. And I was shocked because I was like, Everyone in our family goes to college. Every, my cousins, everyone went to college. My, my, my dad, like, there's no way I'm going to my dad and say, I'm not going to college. He'll kill me. There's no way. We're going, I'm, I got to go to college. They go, she said, well, what we've been doing for the last four years. You don't pay attention. You're, you know, you don't get good grades. You don't show up for things. You don't, you know, for after school activities. And I said, oh, I'm training for tennis. She goes, well, that may be. You know, they, then you should pursue a professional tennis career, I suppose. But you're not college material. And I remember walking out of there thinking, I don't get it. And of course she was right. She was giving it to me straight. I was angry about that for a while because again, I was young and stupid, but she was absolutely 100% right. I mean, if I was going to go to college and that's what I should have paid attention in high school, right? I mean, it makes sense now to me, but you know, I'm 57 years old. It's a little different, but she gave it to me straight. So what I did was I freaked out a little bit, didn't tell my parents about it, went back about two weeks later, booked an appointment with her. I'll never forget it. And I said, okay, I get it. 
I think you're wrong. I think you am college material. She goes, I don't know where you get the talk about evidence and proof. I mean, she was, you know, she says, I don't know where you understand when you get that. I said, okay, here's what I, I, here's the thing. I have to go to college. Okay. I said, so you're my guidance counselor. What do I need to do? She says, you need to start paying attention. I said, am I capable of it? Am I capable? Do you think I'm capable? I've never gone to college. Am I capable? She goes, well, you're smart enough to go, of course, but you have to apply yourself. You don't apply yourself. And I said, okay, but do you think I could do it if I applied myself? She goes, absolutely, you could do it. She said, but you, you just, you know, you got to hurry. Like, you have no time. And so I said, well, what would I do? She goes, she goes, I'll tell you, what should I do? And she said, I'll tell you what I would do. I would go one year. If you really are serious, and if you're not, and, and I don't really believe you're serious because you have no track record of being serious about this. She, she was very upfront. And I really, looking back, I really appreciate her honesty. I didn't then, but I do now. And that's the point, telling people the truth, you know. And so she said, uh, I'd go to a year junior college, take, take um, um, 98, 99 classes. You know, they're kind of pre-college classes. A lot of your peers have taken in high school. Learn, you know, really learn, like dig in, get straight A's. And, uh, and then launch to a major university. And that's exactly what I did. I took her advice. Finally, I took someone's advice. I got straight A's all the way through college. I got a matter of fact, I got an academic scholarship uh, after my first year of junior college to a, to a major university uh, because I paid attention. But my point of saying the whole story is, is that getting back to it is why tell someone they can become a keynote speaker if they can't, if you don't think they can now, no one, you know, has a crystal ball, but you know, if you've done something for a long time, it's pretty easy to, I can tell in 15 minutes and talk to someone if they have the potential to be a keynote speaker. I think most speakers would say that. Not publicly, maybe. And I know some people are getting mad hearing this, but this is, a, this is reality. This is the real world, okay? So this assessment will help you determine, um, it'll make get you thinking about whether you have what it takes, okay? And then again, if you want help, this is all free. This is all free stuff. Um, our organization, our company, will have someone call you or you can, you can get on their calendar and they'll walk you through why, you know, more questions about how, why you want to be a keynote speaker and if you should be a keynote speaker. And that'll kind of get you on the path. And this is some way we're trying to give back, you know, just to wrap the show up here, I, uh, I'm not trying to sign overly altruistic or anything like that, but you know, let's see, how should I say this? I got to live my dream. You know, for 23 years before COVID, I ran around the world giving speeches in the, some of the biggest venues with the biggest speakers in the world, the biggest companies, doing turnarounds, making millions of dollars, going on television, radio, print, debating people on national TV, radio. You know, I got to live a life that if you're, this is your dream, you know, and I, it's a weird dream. I get it for a lot of people to think, why would you want to do that? Well, I don't know. I want to do that. And I went way beyond it. I was in a movie. I went to the Academy Awards. I, you know, <laughs> I did everything. I'm not bragging about it. I'm just saying I got to live my dream. I got to live my fantasy. And now as I get older, especially after almost, you know, succumbing to COVID at some level, um, you know, I got, I had a lot of chance to think I'd really like to help more people get to live their dream because I lived mine. I don't need to do it again. I mean, I'm going to go, I'm still giving some speeches and that kind of thing, but I'm never going to run around the world like I did before. I don't need to do it. I don't want to do it, frankly. Oh, is it worth doing? If it's your dream, it's worth doing, man. It's heady. It's a lot of fun. And I enjoyed every single minute of it. I really did. But it'd be nice, you know, I'm going into my, you know, I'm crowding 60 years old and I want to help other people live theirs. But that takes being honest with people and directing them the correct way. 
Yeah, that's why we always tell people, get good on the platform. Stop thinking about marketing unless you're really, really good. And chances are, if you're new, you're not. And not that you don't have the talent to be good, but you need professional training. You got to do it right. You know, if you don't do it right, it's not going to work. You're not going to, you can't fool an audience. And um, you have to have the goods. You either have it or you don't. Like Bill Gove said to me when I first started, he said, kid, you know, you're enthusiastic, you're a topical expert, and you're a smart guy. He said, but you cannot entertain a live audience. You don't know how to do it. You're a teacher. You're a college professor. He said, that's how you sound. I wasn't one, but he said, you sound like a college professor. He said, you have to learn to entertain a live audience and you don't know how to do it. And no one's born knowing how to do it. He said, I'm going to teach you how to do it. And you're going to go around the world and you're going to make a fortune doing it. And that's what happened. I, I, but I, I didn't, you know, I didn't say, Hey, I'm just going to work it about marketing. I went out and learned it. You know, you learn the skills. That's the number one mistake people make is they don't learn platform skills. They think they're better than they are and they, but they're not making the money and they're confounded. They're confounded because they're not as good as they think they are. And I was, I did the same thing. Believe me, it's easy to do. So if you do the speaker, keynote speaker assessment and you feel like, you know, you've got some, you're in there, you're in the game. You might not be quite there. Maybe you are there, but most people won't quite be there, but you have the skill, the talent, the expertise and, uh, and the talent to do it. Then, you know, there might just be some things you have to shore up. And then you go out there and you make it happen. Then you worry about marketing. Then you, can, you can't market a substandard product <laughs> in any business, especially this one. You got to be good. Had Bill Gove used to say to me, he goes, kid, by the time I'm done with you, all you'll need when you pack your bag is a toothbrush and a microphone. He said, because when you're on stage, there's nowhere to hide. It's you, a microphone, and an audience. And if you don't have the skills, you're going to bomb. And if you do, you're going to do really well. You're going to live a life that most people only see in movies. It's going to be incredible. And that's what happened, you know, because he gave it to me straight. And that's what we're trying to do in this keynote speaker assessment. So go to freespeakingcourse.com. It's all free. Freespeakingcourse.com and watch the little video and then take this, the, the professional keynote speaker assessment and get on this path and uh, it'll really help you get started. I'm really proud of what we did with this. It's just, it doesn't take that long, but it'll get you started and then we can help you with free consultation if you want with someone in the company. It'll help you get, go, go forward and moving toward what you want to do in this business. Okay. All right. So with that, make sure you subscribe again to the author speaker podcast org. Go to the site, subscribe to the, to, the, to the site, and we'll send you an email every week so you never miss another episode of the Author Speaker Podcast. Thanks for listening. Steve, I'm Steve Siebold. We'll see you next time.